0: Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things
1: elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney
0: Tim Seckler.
1: And welcome to this week's edition of the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great estate plans. I am your host. My name's Tim Seckler from the Seckler Law Firm. Uh, we are a an estate planning and elder law firm located in Cranberry Township, but we help folks across western Pennsylvania uh, with a number of different types of cases. We do wills and trusts. We do uh, post-death administration if you've ever lost a loved one uh, and had to be the executor. You understand what we're talking about there. And then we do cases when your loved one ends up going into a nursing home, and we're trying to help uh, the family protect some savings, protect the house from the government's harsh rules. And so if you 're new to the show, what we do on this show is help under uh, help you as a listener understand some of these rules and uh, some of the things you can do about them so um, I am happy to be joined by a guest for this week 's episode i'm in, uh, i'm joined by a gentleman named Josh nelson who 's a friend of mine and a fellow estate planning and elder law attorney from the Atlanta area. Josh, say hi to everybody.
0: Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for having me, Tim. appreciate you inviting me out on this beautiful day out in Cranberry Township. It's my first time up here, and my God, it's a beautiful part of the country.
1: Never been to Pittsburgh before. He was sharing, and and Pittsburgh listeners will get this joke. He was sharing how he drove from the eastern part of the state across the turnpike, and as soon as he came up over the mountains, it was sunny, 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 and as soon as he went through uh, the turnpike tunnel, it was nothing but clouds, and, and that, welcome to pittsburgh that's that's how it <laughs> goes here now we're going to get into some stuff today um on some legal technical issues and so if you're listening to the show, please understand that this show is for your information and, and education uh, don't make any legal or financial decisions based on what you hear on this or any other radio show for that matter. Uh, if you need legal help, you need to contact a lawyer we're available anytime at the secular law firm at seven two four five, four, six, four, two, two, seven, or check out all of our resources that we have for you at the secular law firm.com S E C H L E R law com. Now, Josh, um, as I understand it, you have the largest estate and elder law practice in the state of Georgia. Is that right? That is correct.
0: Now we uh, focus specifically on elder care law. We do estate planning for some of our clients. Uh, Loved ones, friends, family, things like that. But our primary focus is on the elder care law side of it. (coughs) Elder care law, just for your listeners, is a little bit of a misnomer. Everybody always thinks it's just for old people. And while I do have seven clients over 100 years old, the majority of our clients are about 55. And so what's going to happen is it's elder care is the practice of helping people protect assets against kind of those future creditors, medical expenses, and just the unknown that comes as we age.
1: Yeah, maybe we should give this industry a new name, you know, because elder law, I don't think elder law accurately describes what an elder law attorney really does. Uh,
0: I agree with that i think it's a, i think it's a really, really unfair name because even my older clients and whenever I say my older clients i 'm talking about like above ninety mm-hmm.
1: usually say they aren't old yeah i'm not old yet right <laughs> um, God bless them so. But there's something really, really cool about your practice I want to share, and that is you are in business with your mom, who's also an attorney. So so share a little bit about the background of the firm and how you guys got into this.
0: Absolutely. It's one of the things that we always kind of joke about, where Cindy Nelson's my mother. She's the one that started the firm, and over the years, she was really really hoping that we would work together we come from a family of entrepreneurs and I've seen what working with family looks like and some of the things that that causes problems with (laughs) and so I was very successful doing tax law never really thought that this was going to be where I ended up but I was able to see how many families my mom was really able to impact and ultimately She had a client come in who had malpractice-level advice from another attorney Mm -hmm. about taxes. Mm -hmm. And that's what my sweet spot was. I did tax defense for people that went up against the IRS. I loved helping people fight the IRS, kind of that David versus Goliath. Yeah, I get it. And this guy had been told to cash out all of his qualified funds or, like, his IRA money to qualify for a benefit from the Veterans Affairs Administration that would pay him about $25,000 a year and it would have cost him like a hundred thousand dollars in taxes i was like this is the dumbest thing i've ever heard right but he heard it from an attorney and so my mom wanted it
1: must be true
0: mom was like i think this guy's (laughs) way off base but he wants a second opinion and so i came in and talked to him really fell in love with him um come to find out he was a world war ii pilot i love world war ii aviation yeah and next thing you know um I was just blown away about how bad the guidance people were getting. I looked closer at like how far people get to this like falling off the edge of a cliff whenever they get sick. Mm-hmm. Most of us think that Medicare covers so much more than it does. We see it coming out of our paychecks. We see it going somewhere. We hear it on the news. But we don't understand exactly what it's going to take or how easy it is to plan for a better future as we age. And right. so after working with a couple of families with her, uh she convinced me to come on board and it's been 8 years now
1: <laughs> and going strong. <laughs> All right. Cool. And and so um you know wh- one of the things like when when a family reaches out to us, like there's this there's this kind of common thought out there in the world that Uh, you know how many like so many people come to my office and I ask them what their goals are and they say things like I want to save money on taxes or or, I would like to avoid probate which are which are noble goals right but I think there's there's a lot of people that think that taxes death taxes in particular are going to be the thing that's like the death knell for their estate right and and you know Often we have to explain No, it's really not that bad for most people and it hasn't been for about twenty years, but for some reason there there's still this this um this common knowledge that you're gonna get taxed immensely when you pass away. But you and I know that's not the real threat. So, you know, the real threat is um what happens if I get really, really sick before I pass away? That's at least my opinion. I, I assume you share that opinion.
0: Uh first, I think that most people come into my office not even knowing what probate is right so uh, i think they've heard of it they've heard of death taxes most people that reach out to me even though i don't do a huge part of estate planning are looking for just a, a simple will everybody calls in looking for a simple will simple will and the the problematic problem with that is it's only for whenever they're no longer here and they're kind of skipping over this whole phase of life of what happens if I lose my spouse? What happens if I get sick? What happens to my family if I need care? Mm-hmm. And that's really where elder care law comes in and offers a lot of guidance. People think that it's just the legal tools that we produce for families, whether that be like powers of attorneys, trust, things like that. But it's the guidance. You know, we help over 1,200 families a year go through what we call placement or planning, which is how do we keep you at your home as long as you can? safely be there how Mm -hmm. do we get you the care to come in a couple times a week to make it so you don't have to go to an assisted living and then if you do have to go to an assisted living or personal care home or something like that how do we make sure that you're the best position you can be so that you don't drain all your funds down right or become a burden to your family i mean uh, we all know that unfortunately (laughs) the oldest daughter gets stuck with a lot of burden And that means that she's stepping away from her career. She's stepping away from her family. Depending her kids, on how old yep. or young, uh, her kids are. But overall, it's really hard to go back to the workplace after that. Imagine if you do it for dad, because generally dad gets sick first, and then you do it for mom. This could be ten plus years of your life that you can't get back. Right. And then we have to also make sure that the other siblings don't think that she's stealing or that if mom or dad get dementia, that they don't accuse her of things just because she's the one they see all the time. I think that there's so much that a elder care farm can walk somebody through that's aside from just the legal tools that people don't realize until they're two feet into it. I think the thing I love most about my job is I get people that bake me cookies. I get people that bring me handwritten notes. But the biggest thing is whenever I sit down with a family that we've worked with for a few years and they've just lost a loved one and they come in and they see how smooth everything went and how the death taxes isn't a big thing and how probate isn't something they have to go through if we plan properly and they just give you a sigh of relief and a hug right? and I think that's like the best gift that you can get from these families
1: yeah. I mean it's just amazing awesome 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 and you know if um, <clears throat> and I I do think that like people consumers generally um think about lawyers and think about legal work being either courthouse or documents right i'm going to go to this thing i'm going to purchase a document like i'm going to get a sandwich at subway right and and what elder law attorneys do is is way way more than that like I, i i try to teach my clients Listen, documents is a part of this, right? I mean, we're trying to manage decision-making, and the best way to do that is to put it in writing. But from my standpoint, like the services we really provide include education, documents, financial and tax advice. Um, we do a lot of work with our clients on healthcare care decision-making. If you would get sick, where are you going to receive the care? Oh, I'm never going to a nursing home. Okay. But nursing homes are full of people that were never going to nursing homes. And, and if if – if you're serious about never going to a nursing home, understand that it's not 1962, and your daughter may not be able to just give up her life and come do this. She's working; she has a career; she's she's got what you know her own thing. And so, how are we going to get the services in your home to help take care of you? And really doing long-term care planning from the standpoint of getting people the care that they need to meet their goals without going broke in the process is, is sort of the idea. And then on top of that. You brought up um, the sibling issue. You know, one sister's kind of in control, and the other the other siblings are, are one day they're happy that they're not involved with, you know, bath time. But then the next is they've got sort of this this suspicion that, you know, well, how did mom end up broke? Well, mom ended up broke because this is all very expensive, not because sister took the money, right? And so I think a big part of what we do in really facilitating w- – smooth transition through some of these periods is communication, right? Keeping the family in the loop. This is how this is going to go. <laughs> um, daughter, you're the power of attorney. You may not need to be called upon to use that yet, but when you are, here's what that looks like, right? And and so uh, it, it's really just a lot of education, and, and I think that that's what sets most elder law firms apart from traditional estate planning where it might be more about the documents right I want to unpack that a
0: little bit because I think you touched on two points that I would say are the most important part and I think you're being generous unfortunately to say that all elder care law attorneys are great with the documents or what you'll hear me refer to as tools some of them just hang a shingle that say elder care And they aren't actually helping the people go through all the different stages. They aren't the ones there to help them with what we call kind of like life care planning before Mm -hmm. they get to that. Um, They don't have like a social worker on staff. They don't have the staff that's at their office trained to be able to have these difficult conversations. A lot of them are just using like statutory tools that the government, at least in Georgia, like gives out for free. And unfortunately, we see a lot of those that aren't even executed properly. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's malpractice, but at the same time, whenever you're in a crisis and trying to use this stuff, you're not trying to go sue the attorney for a couple hundred bucks. I mean, it's just, it doesn't work. So I'd say that really just finding a firm that cares about you and your family and is looking to have an ongoing relationship rather than just a transaction right. is one of the biggest things because they're going to make sure that your stuff works the way it's supposed to. Because like, if I give somebody an estate plan or I give somebody an elder care plan, I expect for them to call me whenever something needs to be used. Right. And I, I stand behind my work. And yeah. that's the biggest thing that I think people don't understand is that this stuff isn't a commodity. My power of attorney is three times longer than the state power of attorney. And it's not because I get paid by word to print stuff. Right, It's because I'm going to sit down with a family and really talk through and get to know them and say things like, okay, your husband's been diagnosed with Parkinson's. He's not really showing symptoms yet, but let's make sure that he feels like he's still part of the decision-making process and your daughter's there as a backup right away in case something happens. Mm-hmm. So often we see powers of attorney which just aren't practically going to work. If you have what's called a springing power of attorney in Georgia, and it takes a court or two physicians to sign off saying that it's going to be able to be used, that doesn't work
1: real great in a crisis situation. <laughs> yeah, from a very practical standpoint. I had a client ask me for a springing power of attorney just last week, and it's, it's uh, well, sir, we don't really do those because – in Pennsylvania, technically, they're legal. I mean, you're allowed to have one, but if folks, uh, we're using a legal term here. A springing power of attorney is a power of attorney document that comes into effect when you become incapacitated, right? So I name my daughter to be my, my agent under the power of attorney, but she can't act until I'm incapacitated. But the problem is, I don't know if you've been around dementia patients or, or other elderly folks, but nobody wants to admit when it's time that they should give up the control and the car keys, right? And so it's kind of, you know, then the daughter says, well, dad, I think it's time for me to come over. And dad says, no, it's not. And okay, we're going to go to the doctor. No, I'm not going to go see your doctor. He just wants to take my car keys. And then the power of attorney doesn't work, right? And so um, so it's just kind of understanding some of the nuances of that. Now, listen, if you're listening to this show um, and you, you want to learn more information about doing effective planning, um, asset protection, long-term care planning, you should come to one of our upcoming workshops. We have these things all the time, usually just about every other week uh, in the Cranberry area. And you can schedule for them on my website at secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com, or call 724-546-4227. And while you're at the website, um we got a couple of really handy guides for you to check out so if you go to the resources tab there's three different guides one's for post-death administration so if you've recently lost a loved one my condolences to you this is an extremely um stressful time period and we've got a really helpful guide that helps you understand the things that you need to do in that capacity we have a guide on there that you can have for free um about when um when long-term care is needed and medicaid eligibility and then we of course have an estate planning guide and and there's hours and hours of educational content on the website. So if you've got more questions about this, go to secularlawfirm.com or check out one of our upcoming workshops. Now, Josh, I imagine we're going to use this. This is a Pittsburgh radio show, but we're going to run it in Atlanta, I think. So why don't you tell people how they can reach out to you?
0: Absolutely. Like I said, we're from Nelson Elder Care Law. You can visit us at com, or give us a call, 678-250-9355. Whenever you reach out to us, one of the big things that we do is offer absolutely free meetings with our legal team to get started. We aren't like other firms where we're going to put up with these roadblocks because kind of circling back to the point that we we're just getting ready to touch on, we feel like communication is one of the biggest things. And so a lot of times people will ask, like, does this cost or yeah, what, right. what is the process? And so we let you come in and sit down with a member of our team get to know you get to know what your goals are because again it's that communication part that's so key in understanding are your goals something that we can accomplish are your goals something that's in alignment with what my firm's values are and if they are then what is working like what does working together look like and we have payment plans available for any kind of budget we can always take the money factor out of this if it's something that's important to you to get done
1: right that's great Great. Now, let's go to that communication point, because you had said before there's two things you wanted to unpack a little bit. So unpack away. One of the things that you
0: brought up and one of the things we've been touching about is just communication with the family. So often we kind of jump to the adult daughter because that's the primary caregiver in most of our scenarios. But often it can be a spouse where one spouse gets a diagnosis that maybe they don't know how to share with the family. Maybe one spouse has a sudden stroke or a fall and now, marriage is just different for a lot of the new couples today versus what it was years ago. You know, you have a wife who will kill herself, literally, trying to take care of her husband. You have a husband. That will do everything under his power to avoid having to have caregivers come in because he sees it as a lacking of his ability to support his wife.
1: I don't want to. I don't want to admit I, I need help.
0: Right? Yeah, and I mean, <clears throat> I, I have guys that come in, and it breaks my heart because they're coming because their pastor, their doctor, and their kids have all told them, you know, hey, Josh, you got to come in and talk to an elder law attorney before you die. This is this is messing up your health, or you can't sleep at night, and some of the ailments are unflattering. And so we don't want to say that, you know, our spouse is incontinent. We don't want to say that our spouse is losing her mind. Those are the kind of things that are hard to even share with a family because so often we're afraid that it immediately means stripping your spouse away from you and putting them somewhere. Right. By communicating with the family and by making sure the family's on board with the plan, not only does it help that so that we can be more, uh, just in how things move forward. But it also makes it so that everybody understands what the costs are. You know, we have families that will come into us and ask what I would say is somewhat of a silly question, which is, "I have long-term care insurance. I'm older now. Should I let it lapse?" <laughs> and it usually becomes a budgeting question that they're afraid they can't afford it anymore on their fixed income because the rates go up. And so, one of the things that we do in communication is even get the family on board and say, "Hey, kids." Mom and Dad's long-term care insurance just went up three hundred bucks. You guys want to pitch in, you know, right. hundred bucks a month each, or is this the kind of thing that you understand? An assisted living can be five, six thousand dollars a month. They're going to run out of money if we don't keep this insurance policy. Right. But a lot of times, the parents are too scared to have those conversations.
1: It's not a it's not a comfortable thing to talk about, you know. And and I uh, and in particular when it's a married couple right and one spouse is sick because they're i think that they're not having personally been in this position but having worked with lots of families who are i think it's a lot for a spouse who's been married sometimes 50 60 years to say i can't take care of my spouse i i can't do it right and um people are very private and nobody wants to go to a care facility and but Even if if we can work something out where they don't go to the care facility, people are real shy about asking for help in this situation. And then, you know, the other thing is, um, it's been my experience, that when there is a placement, somebody goes to an assisted living, somebody goes to a skilled nursing facility, um, the families don't go looking for help all the time because I think it's kind of the same thing. I think that one it's a very confusing process, and the government rules are very confusing, and they don't want to make a mistake but second, it is we don't want as a family unit want to talk about how we need help, and we've got this, and we've got you know and we can take care of it and, and you know i was, i i part i'm sure part of your practice part of my practice is I go around to nursing homes and educate the staff on the various ways that you can gain access p- for public benefits and, you know, w- when when you need to refer to a, an elder law attorney.
0: Well, I want to I go ahead and give the families an out here, though, because I don't know if they <laughs> do it up here. I'm sure they probably do, but at least down where I'm at, one of the problems that our families run into is the business office will tell people they don't qualify for government benefits. Right. And that's kind of a shame because that cuts off a lot of, families seeking other options right. just because they feel like a person in authority has already told them, hey, you don't yes. qualify.
1: And this person works in a nursing home, so they must know all the rules, right?
0: Even there's a couple nursing homes down by us uh that do a practice that I'm pretty um I think is pretty scammy, just to be a blunt about it. And what it is is they'll go ahead and apply for everybody. They'll get the denial letter mm-hmm. on the state letterhead. And then they'll give that to the family. And then once the family has that on the state letterhead, they just private pay until they're broke. And so the way that the business office pitches is then, hey, we applied for Medicaid. You got turned down. You're over-asseted. But whenever you get under the limits, then we'll help you reapply for Medicaid. Without saying, there's all these other things you could do. Which is really crazy because if a married couple comes into our office, often we can help protect their home, their retirement accounts, their investments, really – most of what they have in almost all situations now if you come in as a single individual maybe it's a little bit less but it's still saving them thousands or even hundreds of thousands of dollars compared to just spending it at the nursing home
1: now you shared an example of a nursing home that that seems like they're outwardly being manipulative um my words not yours i suppose but i i've been in three different nursing homes in the last month training the people in the nursing home who help families with medicaid applications and I showed them one of the techniques that we use for married couples that can end up saving sometimes 80%, 90% of the person's net worth. And in all three nursing homes, none of the employees in the nursing home knew the technique. They didn't know you could do it. They didn't even know it was a thing. They were taking notes. And I'm thinking to myself, the one person had told me that she had been the billing office in this nursing home for 12 years. 12 years of you telling people they're not eligible for Medicaid, and 12 years of you should have been saying, there's lots of things you can go do you need to hire a lawyer
0: i think that's a great point i don't want to paint all nursing homes as kind of the bad guy here we work with a lot of really really great nursing homes Um, we're able to send our legal team out um, our attorneys our paralegals to do continuing education for a lot of business office managers a lot of social workers and nurses at nursing homes it's just a couple of them that are not receptive to that because in our state they actually get paid more Mm-hmm. private pay than they do from the benefits. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's in their best interest to... Keep you going that way. But I'll tell you, the biggest thing that i found is that families benefit from hiring us to help with their nursing home benefits is we're a fiduciary for you. Law firms have to do what's in your best interest. They're required to be that person in your corner to help guide you in the right direction. And so having somebody that's on your side that doesn't have a bias as to how much they get paid Mm -hmm. on whether you get approved or not, is kind of a big deal. And so... Helping them know what to sign, what not to sign, because sometimes they'll try and get families to sign financial responsibility clauses and things like that. It just takes a lot of the stress off the family whenever they're going through one of the most stressful times
1: of their lives. Awesome. I think that's a great place to end this. Listen, folks, um, thanks for listening to this week's show. I want to thank Josh Nelson again for show, uh, for joining me on the show. Um, Remember, don't make legal and technical decisions based on what you heard on this or any other radio show. This is general information, not legal advice. Josh, any closing thoughts?
0: Just thank you so much for having me up here. Uh, Tim has been a longtime friend of mine, and I think that he is – uh, innovative in the way that he delivers some great services to family. That's why I'm up here visiting him this week. And uh, thanks for having me on the radio.
1: Thanks, man. Thanks a lot. All right. If you need help, secularlawfirm.com S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com. And thanks for listening this week. We'll see you here next Saturday.